0: No 20th century figures had a more profound effect on the worlds of literature, film, politics, historical debate, and culture wars other than Gore Vidal. Then Gore Vidal, I should say, anchored by an intimate one-on-one interviews with a man, the man himself, Nicholas a uh, new documentary is a fascinating and wholly entertaining portrait of the last line of the age of American liberalism. Uh, Gore's professional life spanned more than 50 years of American politics and letters. His return in 2005 uh, marked the last great stage of his creative career, and this film represents an extraordinary op- opportunity to share his views on America in the 21st century. We're joined today by the director of Gore Vidal, United States of Amnesia. That would be Nicholas Rothall. Nicholas, welcome to Film School. Hello, nice to be here. Thank you for being here. Uh, just a wonderful film in so many ways. Um, I am old enough to uh, have remembered a lot of, uh, of of Gore Vidal's career in 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 letters and and uh, as a, as a literary figure as well as a political commentator. Uh, and it, this film just reminds me of the the reasons I was I I so much liked him. Uh, the reasons why I liked him so much. Um, Tell me a little bit about, for you, the inspiration to do a film on Gore Vidal, do a documentary on Gore Vidal.
1: Um, I guess for me, um, now as a younger generation, not growing up remembering all those things, I saw him more through my parents' eyes, and I really started paying attention to Gore again after 9-11. I was living in New York City, and he was, very outspoken against the Bush administration's rush into war and um, seemed to be one of the only sort of figures in the media landscape speaking sort of reason, I felt, at the time, and wrote those uh, pamphlets, Blood for Oil and Dreaming War. And I really started paying attention to him again then and went back and read some of his essays. So that was what inspired me, just the fact that he was out there in a very um, bellicose time speaking sort of you know, truth to power in a sense and and sort of telling people that this wasn't about revenge and we had to like move slowly and carefully and know what we're getting into here. And it seemed like I said, a real voice of reason in the media. For
0: for those people who don't know much about Gorvadal, like you know, many who who did see him on Johnny Carson and or saw him as sort of a political commentator I uh, might not know much about his early years. Uh, he he came from money. He came from power, certainly. Maybe not a lot of money, but he came from a from a, a family that was used to and knew the ways to pull the levers of power. Uh, yeah, well, tell, absolutely. I mean, tell us a little bit about he, his background. Just, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go
1: ahead. He was, uh, you know, he was brought up along his childhood by his grandfather, who was senator uh, from Oklahoma. Very famous uh, blind senator T P Gore, a very great orator who opposed america's entry into World War two and world war one uh, very out, outspoken man himself and Gore was sort of brought up in that house and so he was right uh, in the center of Washington politics as a child and you know was he did have that kind of aristocratic air he went to you know prep schools and grew up in the sort of seat of power as you say so What you get with Gore is a sort of insider's view. Some people called him sort of a class traitor. Um, Something I think we rarely get is someone who really grew up at the table with politicians who comes out and then speaks against them and and really talks about what their real motivations and, and machinations are.
0: Right. And and it is really fascinating. His grandfather, as you mentioned, was blind, uh, um, lost his sight early on in life and was able, despite that, I think at the age of 10, as I recall, lost his sight. And was from that, was able to really make himself into uh, a politician, was elected senator a number of times in Oklahoma. And really, as you said, I mean, really understood power of his father. Am I right? Was in the in the Franklin Roosevelt administration?
1: That's right, yeah. His father worked in aviation for the Roosevelt administration. And, you know, I think he was around at a very young age. He's told me stories of Huey Long coming to his grandfather's house for dinner and giving this big speech over dinner and then taking his grandfather to the Senate the next day and in the same speech and realizing that Huey Long was just practicing the night before. And, you know, seeing these people... <laughs> Uh, growing up, it really shaped who he was. And I, you know, like you said, his grandfather, who, you know, struggled being a blind man, but put himself through law school and became a serious politician, a senator, was a real inspiration. And I think the ethics and the sort of hard work and the drive of that man are what influenced and shaped Gore to, throughout his life. I think he was always aspiring to achieve things like his grandfather had.
0: And his grandfather's uh, he, his grandfather's position, very ethical, uh, moral position, cost him his job as a uh, United States senator.
1: That's right. You know, he was um, forced out, but did come back and was elected eventually. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think those, uh, you know, pacifist ideas and those ideas of his grandfather of, against American uh, expansion and empire-building uh, based on the basis of gore vidal's ideas his yeah. thoughts his writing his whole philosophy is really against american empire building and he very really constantly said throughout his career that America needs to be looking inward and taking care of it and developing a better society rather than going out and fighting foreign wars
0: right. which you
1: know i think a lot of people would agree with and it's that gore uh, you know, illustrated in his essays and his novels that, you know, the interests of the people aren't in this expansionism. It's it's really driven by, you know, power hungry, uh elite class and then he refers to neocons in later years and also by corporate interest in the military industrial establishment.
0: Right. I want to remind our listeners that we're speaking with Nicholas Nicholas uh, Rothall. He is the director of the film Gorvidal, the United States of Amnesia. Uh, and there's something very interesting. I mean the privilege in which uh Gorvidal grew up in, went to Phillips Exeter Academy in in uh, New Hampshire, uh wh- came from privilege, uh related later later on in life, r- related to the uh, Jacqueline Kennedy or Jacqueline Bovier. But um interesting And you don't see this anymore. Despite his privileged background, he enlisted in the army in 1945. You just don't hear about that uh, anymore. Our our armies are now really populated by people at the margins of society. So this was a different time, even from that point of view. And the fact that he went to war, or at least enlisted in the army and saw war.
1: That's right. Yeah. I mean, I think I mean Gore enlisted at 17 and went off very young and. Spent years in the Aleutian Islands and 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 you know uh, a soldier for several years until he had some knee injury problems and came out into uh, hospital. But you no, know, I think he saw that as his duty as a young man. And his know, mm-hmm. his father had been at West Point, and there was just no question amongst his generation of uh, seventeen, eighteen-year-olds during World War Two. They they signed up. They went. It was their duty. It was, and um, you know that sort of led gore down a different path he you know he didn't go to college when he came back from the war he decided that he didn't want to go to university even though he'd applied and been accepted in uh yale or i think it was or harvard i can't remember now actually mm-hmm. anyway he didn't attend university his statement is that he institutionalized all his life and now he was just going to write and while he was recovering from his his war injury. He wrote his first novel, Willy Wa, which was about um, his experiences in the Aleutian Islands, and he sort of sort of became a writer right then. You know, the the, the book was uh, published, and he felt like he was on his way as a young writer.
0: Yeah, very well received uh, first novel. Uh, I Willy Wa is the name of it, and it's it's uh, it's the name of her hurricane in um, I forgot what language. I'm, I apologize. Um, Willie Watt nice. is Hurricane uh, American Indian, actually, or oh, okay. something like that. American Indian. Uh, so, anyway, it just uh, the, I, the point I really want to establish with with him and his background, privilege, went to all the best schools, came from a family of power. So when he speaks about American power, which he does throughout his life, but particularly in the later stages of his life, really spoke eloquently and uh, truthfully about an abuse of power, American empire, and the rest of it, whether or not we could have a republic and an empire at the same time, which he said we cannot. It just, it, there's so much, again, in this documentary, uh, Gore Vidal, The uh, United States of Amnesia, that really lends so much credibility, gives so much gravitas to him as a person and the words that he speaks. And I think that is really one of the things that just sticks, will stick with me uh, about your documentary is
1: thank you yeah i think it's interesting you know that background that you're focusing on i think that really is um and i hope for it plays out in the documentary it is what shaped him and i think even his sort of supreme confidence that he went through life with and you know some people would say he was arrogant but he did have this supreme confidence and Speaking and in addressing these difficult subjects, but also in the people he met. You know, he always felt like he belonged in that that group of sort of politicians and rulers and movie stars. I mean, the people he met throughout his life is astounding, and I think that came from his upbringing. You know, just that sort of confidence and belonging amongst that elite. Yet, you know, he spent his life criticizing it and speaking out against it. He was also part of it.
0: Yeah, and, and all, and and uh, you know the 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 depth and breadth of his experience, and also as you said, the kind of the worlds he, the circles he traveled in, um, you know his friendship with Tennessee Williams, uh, friendship with uh, John Kennedy and, and and Jackie Kennedy, um, prolific writer, uh, wrote the best man of a play that ran on Broadway for a long, long time. Even today, seems like a very relevant uh play. Uh and that was written back in nineteen what was it? And that's 1960 It was on Broadway, actually it's, it was on Broadway just recently. Really just a remarkable and his historic novels, Burr, Creation Lincoln, um uh just one again I I I always liked him. I read um uh, much of his his work, uh but uh where he really shined for me is to <clears throat> to listen to him talk about um uh you know Politics. He really was well-versed. And I would be remiss if I didn't bring up what, for me, was sort of the defining moment in my, my knowledge of Gore Vidal, which was the debates at the 1968 uh, conventions uh, with uh, William F. Buckley. Um, that is just absolutely riveting and amazing footage. Um, I remember at the time, I'm old enough to remember the time, What a stir it caused! Tell me a little bit, or tell our audience a little bit about what kind of transpired in that in that part of his life.
1: Well, yeah, it's amazing. You'll see a a couple of excerpts from (laughs) it, and you know they're fascinating debates. Um, You know, I was lucky enough to go through all of them, and there's hours and hours of debates on many subjects, all around the conventions, all about what's going on on the convention floor and what's going on in the in the political climate of the time. The Vietnam War, the protests in Grant Park, and so on, and what transpires in the scene that we have in the film. Well, first of all, I'd say that a lot of what they're discussing is very prescient, and is feels like almost uh, could be a a debate going on today, except perhaps for the eloquence and then the nature of the length of the depth and they go into. You know, that Gore is talking about how five percent own twenty percent of the wealth, and you hear that sort of reflect on. You know, the discussions today that have come out of the Occupy movement and so it all feels very current despite being from sixty eight. And then they get into an argument about the protests in Grant Park and Gore actually calls Buckley a crypto Nazi for wanting to prosecute these people that are protesting peacefully in the park were being attacked by the Chicago police. And uh, Buckley loses it in response to being called a Nazi <laughs> and calls Gore on national television a queer and says he's going to punch him in the face.
0: Yeah. And
1: so it really like comes to, you know, almost the situation of a fight on television, a physical fight, it but does. it's very dramatic television. And, you know, they're gone to libel, uh, you know, almost suing each other afterwards. And it was a huge moment of television history.
0: Well, and also I think it's a representation of just how divided the country was, even among the elites. I think we can safely say that William F. Buckley would count himself among the the, the, the elites of this country, and with Gore's background, certainly, and how divided at least those two were, but it, it was an indication of just the rawness of the emotion involved at that time. And you're absolutely right. You could be having many of those discussions you could play them today, and they would seem is, as as relevant as as anything on TV. Even more so, actually. I think the substitute substance that they discussed of the the, the issues were was even better than it is uh, today. Um, but tell me a little bit in the time we have remaining, uh, Nicholas uh, Rathall, we have uh, w- director of Gore Vidal, United States of Amnesia. You had amazing access to Gore's, uh, Gore Vidal's uh, life, uh, his residence in Italy that was called, what was that again? The name? Uh,
1: his house in his villa in Italy is called Ravello. Um, but the, the house itself the is called the Rondinaya. It's in the town of Ravello, and the house is called the Rondinaya, which translates to the swallow's nest. And it was an incredible villa built into these cliffs looking over the Amalfi coast and over the Mediterranean Sea. And Gore lived there for. Thirty plus years with his partner Howard, and did most of his writing from there. Um, you know, even though he travelled to the States a lot and was very focused on America as his subject, he did live a sort of an expat life in Italy for a long, long time. and And I was lucky enough to go there, sort of rushed out there when I heard he was closing down the house and, and selling it. And I spent the last weekend uh, that he spent there filming with him and, and him sort of reminiscing about the house and. It's quite a poignant moment, I think, in the film, because it really is Gore's final moment in, in the house and how it had died a few years before. And you can see the sort of melancholy and, uh, of his leaving the house and for the
0: final time. Well, in his words, he speaks of just how, how awful it was for him how dreadful yeah. an experience it was not only the house itself which is spectacular the view the pl- it was a gathering place for some of the most remarkable array of people that you would ever see anywhere in the world the people that were would stop by and stay with him but uh, but his memories of the place with 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 Walter and all so it was yeah it was it's a beautiful and very touching part of the film it it it's it's not often that you see someone as well known as this in the, so as unguarded as he is in in your film, and and I think that's a a real testament to your filmmaking and your the trust he yeah, had. Thank you. Yeah. I, was,
1: I think I was very lucky in a way to to catch Gore at that moment because usually he was quite guarded on camera and yeah. sort of had his public persona, his the public intellectual that he liked to present to the public. And you know, I saw him many times unguarded and relaxed and joking and and the kinder side of Gore. But he often didn't show that on camera, so I was happy. It's yeah. just a matter of time and spending time with him and getting to know him a little bit, but he did let his guard down a few times.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. <coughs> uh, well, and what, as we just sort of, unfortunately, we're running out of time here, but I, I want to let people know that uh, that the uh, film is opening today, tonight, at uh, the New Art Theater here in Los Angeles, and you're the producer, when well, that would be uh, Beer.
1: Burstears uh, is, is he, yeah, he's, he's me one me. of the producers, is Gore's nephew, right. who actually introduced me to him originally and uh is a great filmmaker.
0: Well, Burr Steers will be at the New Art tonight, uh for... I'll be
1: there tonight um oh. as well, doing oh. Q and A. Oh, I did um, not
0: know that. I, I apologize. I thought it was yeah, just and in...
1: tomorrow night at seven thirty. Okay. Um and then again on Sunday. And you know, then it's actually the film's opening around the country over the next week or two and San Diego and Washington, you know, Denver, Chicago, San Francisco, all over through landmark cinemas and
0: IFC films. Fantastic. Well, I think it's a, it's a, a great documentary. It, it, there's just so much material. There's so much history packed into it. And also, that's the history side of it, but there's also the very personal side of it. Uh, and um, I, congratulations on this film. Uh, Thank you.
1: And just one more thing I'd like yeah, to say is sure. that for those that don't know Gore... Um, you know, he's a very witty, funny man, and the the film's actually quite humorous as well because of his. Sharp remarks all the time, so it's it's not just history and and right. politics. There's actually a real upside to it. So I hope you'll come and see it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I, I concur. It is he is all of that, very very smart uh, and and as you said, witty man. Um and and missed. I mean, I again, I I just think he was one of those voices. He had so much. Uh, we spent so much time with him over the years in terms of as a as a sort of a national figure. Um, it just seems odd that he's not around anymore. So um, yeah. yeah. So well, well, Nicholas, thank you so much for being a part of Film School. the sh- The film is Gore Vidal, The uh, United States of Amnesia. The director, Nicholas Withrawl, Thank you so much.
1: You're welcome. Thanks so much. T-
0: take care.